Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. We are so glad you're here. Let's get to it. We are so excited to let you know that our brand new book, Simple Money, Rich Life, is finally out. Yes. And if you enjoy the podcast, we think you're going to love it. And if you like hearing our friendly voices, then you should grab the audiobook version yes. on Audible. And if you don't, then just grab the paperback or grab the <laughs> Kindle. And if you do grab a copy, we want to hear from you. So send us a message on Instagram or send us an email and let us know what you think. Yeah. And again, the name is Simple Money, Rich Life, and you can grab your copy anywhere books are sold. Anywhere. Pretty much any place that sells books, they <laughs> should have it. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to share a story. Um, we're actually pulling this directly out of our new book, Simple Money, Rich Life. If you've ever felt stuck, passed over, or just kind of in a hopeless situation, I think you might find this helpful. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really encouraging. Yeah. And I just shared it with a friend last week. I think both of us actually were brought to tears talking about it because you. I, I think it is really common for a lot of people to feel stuck and like no one sees them, no one appreciates them, you know, in their job. And so I think it's a really encouraging story to tell. Yeah. I'm excited. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually read it from the book. It's on chat or page 95. Um, you can read along with me if you want. And I'm going to add some uh, color as we go through it. And then I think we have a little bit few things to add at the end mm -hmm. as well. So with all that, let's kind of dive into it. So when I was 22, I got an entry-level position deep inside the belly of a financial services corporate headquarters. And so even though I was at the bottom, I had set this goal to be in a corner office of this skyscraper within about 10 years. <laughs> and to me, this corner office, it was the quintessential corporate success symbol. It would be proof to everyone that I'd made it in corporate America, proof that I was significant, proof that my work mattered, mm -hmm. and I was full of ambition, but I was off to a really slow start. So this company I was working for, they'd applied the Henry Ford's assembly line model to my department. And so every single day, I had a single task I had to do over and over and over again, eight hours a day, each and every day. And I hated every minute of it. I initially thought, I'll just work hard. Like I'm really good at working hard. If I work hard enough, I'll get promoted to something better and I can still reach my goal of being in that corner office in 10 years. But over the next couple of months, I discovered a couple of key problems with my plan. So first and most painful to admit, I wasn't actually good at my job because I was supposed to process these 40 to 50 applications that came in each and every day by entering the date and all this text off the applications into the computer. It was incredibly boring and I got so bored every single day and I was having such a hard time just staying focused on it. You know, after about three applications I'd put in, like my mind would start to wander and I'd be wondering if I should play that snake game on my Nokia cell phone or <laughs> if I can go out to my car and get my Coldplay album, my Coldplay CD and put it in the computer. My mind would just start wandering and then I'd be like, all right, come on, back, focus, Bob, focus, Bob. You only have 42 more of these today and then you oh. can go home. And so that's what my days were like each and every day. And I would go home so exhausted because it's so hard just trying to stay focused when you're doing a job that you're not good at and that you don't want to be doing. And so you could picture, if you will, like a three-year-old 
trying to sit still in church and not make a sound for eight hours. This was me. <laughs> and so the second flaw in my plan was that all of my competition that I had for the promotion, they had all been doing this job for like 10 or 20 years. They knew how to handle all of the unique situations that came up, which there were a ton of them. And then on top of that, they were way faster than me. And then to top it all off, they didn't seem to suffer from this shiny object syndrome <laughs> like I did. So if you were the boss... Who would you promote? Mm -hmm. You know, the relatively new kid who is slow and constantly distracted or the veteran who knows the answers to everything and is focused and efficient. And it's like, this is a pretty easy decision. So after another year of hard work and struggling, I finally landed a small promotion. And that's when I realized that my chances of landing a corner office were slim to none if I stayed in this department. If I wanted to advance my career, I determined that I would have to move into a different department with more growth opportunities. Thankfully, I was nearly finished with my bachelor's degree in business, and I thought, this will get their attention. As soon as I have this embossed $50,000 piece of paper, like HR is going to be throwing offers left and right in front of my face, mm -hmm. you know, offering me jobs. And so then once I graduated, I thought, all right, this is time for me to make some real money now. I was feeling good, and I was strutting around like John Travolta from Staying Alive, <laughs> blessing, you know, all these hiring managers with the privilege of reading my awesome resume. And to my horror, it seemed like no one cared. No one cared about this college degree I got. You know, pretty much every department I applied to, they were more interested in hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. But after applying internally for numerous positions, I finally landed a position in a new department. And I watched these Ivy League grads in the three-piece suits walk the halls. And it was just a setting that looked really exciting and it looked really lucrative. And this was it. This was the big time. The starting pay wasn't much better than my previous job. It was basically a lateral move, which was a little bit disheartening, but I tried to stay positive because after all, it looked like there was a lot more room for growth in this department, so I decided to stick with it. I soon discovered that I wasn't really in the department that I thought I had been hired for. We were all on the same floor, but each group kind of had their own social standing and opportunities for each group were very, very different. So after a year or two, I became painfully aware that the people on my side of the cubicle wall rarely advanced out of this department. Almost all my coworkers were lifers who had been there for many, many years or decades. And I found myself pigeonholed in a position with very little room for advancement. It was much like the previous one and pretty much a dead end career path with very few transferable skills. And to make matters worse, I found yet again that I wasn't very good at this job, and I felt completely trapped. But it was all about to change, because one day, the perfect job opening came on the other side of the cubicle wall, and I immediately applied, and it would be a huge pay raise. It was going to be 40%, and it would likely lead to other promotion opportunities as well. And surely, this was the breakthrough that I'd been praying for for all these years. And so I started going through interviews. I went through two successful interviews. And I knew the hiring manager because we had worked closely in the past. And I had more college education than anyone else applying and more experience to boot. So in my mind, I was the only applicant who made any sense for the position. Every metric pointed to me. And I was so confident that Lynn and I were already planning how we were going to spend the pay raise. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what. I can still remember the exact time of day, the papers, how they were stacked up on my desk. I can even remember looking out the windows and seeing the number of clouds in the sky when I received that mass email from my boss congratulating a coworker of mine on getting the position. It was the slow motion gut punch that dropped me to my knees. I felt like I was stuck on a desert island and the only plane I had seen in years had just flown by. I was absolutely devastated. 
I viewed it as confirmation that I was doomed to a job I hated and a life of mediocrity. It felt like my prayers for breakthrough and for God to intervene were falling on deaf ears. I was doing everything right, and it seemed to make no difference. I'd considered leaving this job many times over those years, but always felt like I was supposed to stay, and it made no sense at all. And so another year went by, and with every passing month, I felt more and more forgotten and stuck. The dream of that corner office was such a distant memory. So yeah, this example, like this shows the importance of believing in your spouse when they've lost all hope, right? I mean, you can use your words to encourage, but you have to also be a warrior in prayer. I remember moments when Bob was so discouraged that no amount of encouragement even helped him. But fighting for him in prayer during those times was honestly the most helpful thing I could do for him. And I'm thankful that he did. Yeah. So somewhere during this whole discouraging season, I remember needing some sort of respite from all the pain from my career failure. And so kind of on a whim, I started a blog to share what I was learning about money. And even though my mom and grandma were pretty much the only ones reading it (laughs) at that point, it gave me some sense of purpose Mm -hmm. in life. And so I remember a little bit later, one fall day in 2007, my boss squeezed our entire department to the conference room. It's very, very cozy, probably 30 of us in there. And because of a recent merger, he went on to explain that every single one of us were going to be laid off. People were crying. Many of them had worked together for decades. And as trapped as I felt in this position, I was still young and I could start over, while many of my coworkers like, would probably struggle to find another job in our city. And if I hadn't been so callous and so beaten up, I probably would have been a little more freaked out about losing my income. But, but honestly, I felt like there wasn't much further down that I could go. Mm-hmm. And so I finally mustered up enough strength to start looking for another job just so I could pay the bills. But as I did, I felt this unease in my heart. I felt like God was directing me not to look for another job, but instead walk this crazy path of becoming a full-time blogger. This was 2007, mind you. Most people didn't even know what a blog was. Even fewer (laughs) read them. And there was very little money to be made blogging. And I had been spending about 10 hours a week on my blog for the previous year. And it was making a total of about $2 an hour from my time invested. And to add to the stress, Linda had a very low-paying job at this Mm -hmm. point. And we were trying to pay off our $46,000 of accumulated consumer debt. So I'm thinking, all right, God, are you sure this is the path we should walk? Are you sure this is what we should do? And I often think back to how Moses felt when he lifted his staff to part the Red Sea. Did he think, really, God, you want me to point a stick at this and it's going to make a way for us to walk across? (laughs) Well, I don't know exactly how Moses felt. I do know that this was our Red Sea moment Mm. and it felt just about as illogical to me. But when I came to know the Lord, I decided either God is or he's not. And I'm not going to do this thing halfway. Mm. I'm either going all in with God or I'm out. There is no in-between for me. At this point, I went and told Linda. And I shared with her this whole thing that I was feeling like God was calling me in the direction of becoming a full-time blogger in 2007. And to my surprise, Linda felt like this was the right thing to do. I did. It was. And so with that, I set out on my journey of becoming a full-time blogger. And I wish I could say that every day I walked in bold faith, just like with that John Travolta strut, (laughs) confident that God was going to come through. But the truth is, many days I was struggling. I didn't know what was going to happen next. And I was nervous about what was going to happen next. I was nervous about whether or not we'd be able to pay the bills and Mm -hmm. pay the rent. And this blog that I was doing was barely making enough to pay the electric bill, let alone replace my day job. And so I was terrified that I was going to fall on my face. I was scared of what everyone would think if I failed. Mm -hmm. It was just a very 
challenging time. Mm -hmm. But yet within all that, there was a piece that I was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And as we stepped out and chose to trust God Mm -hmm. on this crazy journey, Lynn and I stood back and watched in awe as we watched him do miracle after miracle. In just nine short months, my blog was earning more than my previous day job. (laughs) And then just six months after that, we were blown away to find out that it had doubled. You know, and the increased income was really just icing on the cake. For the first time in my life, I absolutely loved the work I was doing. Like the joy and the satisfaction that I received from doing work that I was gifted at and excited about had been so foreign to me. And it was one of the greatest blessings I could have ever been given. To this day, I am so thankful that God didn't answer my prayers to get that promotion all those years ago. It looked like the best path at the time, Mm -hmm. but he had something so much better for us. So now... A year into running my own business, I decided it was time to move my office out of the house and to rent some space. And I found the perfect building. It was close enough to the home that I could ride my bike. It overlooked a beautiful lake, and it had all the amenities that I would need and then more. And there was actually only one office that was available to rent in the building. And so when I met the agent at the parking lot to check it out, he informed me that because of an ownership change, it was being offered at a significant discount. And I thought, wow, this is awesome. It just keeps getting better and better. So he walked me down the hall, opened the door, and he said, take a look around and let me know what you think. I stepped inside and tears began to fill my eyes. It was a corner office. And as I stood in that office that had represented success in the corporate world, it now represented something so different to me. Mm. It represented God's faithfulness and grace. I didn't even care about the corner office anymore. I was just overjoyed to be doing work that I loved and that left me feeling fulfilled beyond measure. God had taken my shaky faith and obedience and used them to fulfill a dream. And so as you pray about increasing your income-producing ability, it might not come easy, but stay strong and obey God and watch what he does. He's working even when you can't see that he is. So as we kind of go through this, read this, like, what are your thoughts on this? I just think that this is incredible. (laughs) Like, I didn't remember feeling this moved by all this while we were living through it. It's a different thing, like looking back on it versus when you're fighting through it, going through it. But man, I mean, it was, it was such a fight. And I remember that promotion that you were like, this is going to happen. Like, I, it just makes sense. I was like, yeah, Bobby, you know, being the, the newlywed wife who's like rooting for her husband and just hoping for the best. And I remember when you were like, I didn't get it. And it was like, I didn't even know what to say. Like, it's like, what do you, I, I knew he was crushed. I mean, we were both upset about it. It was something that was like, this doesn't make any sense. It's you know, really hard walking through that stuff that it's like, this doesn't make any sense. And this just sucks. Like, there's, there's no other, there's nothing else to describe it. You know, <laughs> one awful. thing that I wasn't able to add to the book that I was a really, really heavy piece of this story was when I discovered So there was, after I'd been working in this first kind of initial struggle department, I was probably in there a year or two realizing I'm not good at my job. I'm not great at it. I'm probably not getting promoted very quickly out of here. Anyway, so a new kid comes in the department and I remember my boss kind of like Mm -hmm. saying, why are you over here? You have a college degree. You have a four-year degree. You should be over on that side. And in this conversation- You had gone in with a four-year degree. I started with a four-year degree. And so she was trying to promote him, like literally the first week that he was working into this other area. And and anyway, through all this, in a combination of things, I realized that she didn't know that I had a four-year degree. 
it was just one of those things where it's like it just felt like such another kick while you're down. It was it really, was, really hard. Yeah, it was really hard. And especially because I could see the gifts that God had put inside you. And I remember you being there and having the ambition. And, you know, it wasn't because you were lazy, right? Like, yeah. if you would have been lazy, that's a totally different thing. It wasn't at all because of that. Like, you were trying. It just was the wrong fit. Yeah. But what we see now is that it might not have worked out the way it did. Like, with us starting seed time and everything. Oh, yeah. If you had jumped over to that I have no promotion. Doubt. I have no doubt. I mean, just practically speaking, I think it might have been golden handcuffs for us. Right. You know, because if, if I would have had a much bigger salary, it would have been really hard to take this leap to Absolutely. start a business. Yeah. You know, it's hard to walk away from that. But in our case, it's like there wasn't that much risk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's still, you know, risky in a sense. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, again, when God's calling you to it, it it's the least risky thing you can do. It, absolutely. No, and an, another thing that we've talked about since, like as you were like reminiscing, you were like, actually, all my offices have been corner offices, which is just so funny because <laughs> it's yeah. not even something that you're trying to do since anymore. Since that point, I've had two offices outside of the house. They've both been corner offices. Mm-hmm. And then even... The two offices we've had in the house, <laughs> quarter offices. <laughs> it's just such a funny. Wait, like, three, three offices in the house. You've yeah, had three. You're right. Which, so yeah, it's it's not something that we're even chasing anymore, really. It's just funny how you had that just kind of like a dream in your heart, and I, yeah. I just think that it, it's so sweet and just so kind of God that He's giving you that, even though that's not really what you're seeking. Yeah. The meaningful, purposeful work is more what we're seeking, and. Yeah. He just keeps blessing you with the corner office every time. Yeah. I mean, right now, this is a corner office. This is a corner office. God's good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the reason we're telling you that story, again, like I said at the beginning, is if, and this doesn't have to be your career, but if you have situations that you're dealing with or you feel stuck, you mm-hmm. feel passed by, you feel like it's just been completely unfair and you've done everything right, God hasn't forgotten you, you know, and I remember in that season, just reading the story of Joseph and just like, man, that dude had a hard road, you know, like so much opportunity to look, you know, and and really we can point to a lot of men and women in the Bible who walked through similar things like that where, yeah, where it feels like God has forgotten about you and left you, but he never has, Mm -hmm. he never will, you know, and it's just good to remember. And so my hope is, is that this is just a little bit of an encouragement for you in that and so, like we said, this is from, I think it's page 95 of our new book, Simple Money, Rich Life. Yeah. We have a handful of other stories um, of different things that God has done in and through our lives in the book as well. Mm-hmm. And the reason we we kick off part three of the book, which is about earning money with this story, and the reason is, is because through those years, there were four different keys that I tapped into that I feel like God kind of pointed me to and highlighted for me mm-hmm. that helped me move out of that into doing work that I was called to do and, you know, an increase income and increase impact and all those things together. And so that whole section of the book, if you are needing anything like that, I think it'd be really helpful for you. Yeah. So I also want to talk to the people who maybe have someone in their life that's going through something like this, where they're just beat down. And I mean, this can be in the area of work, but it can also be in other areas where, you know, you can see something in them, but they maybe they might not be able to see it in themselves. Or maybe they think, oh, well, that's not really there anymore. It's buried or it's dead or, you know, whatever the thing may be. But I think it's so exciting that we 
as believers have the power to impact through our encouragement, through the word, and also through prayer. Like there's a lot of times when it's like prayer seems like it's not enough, (laughs) but it is the the only thing that actually changes situations, right? Like don't forget to pray for the people in your life who are maybe walking through something like this because- I'm telling you, you have such a great opportunity to really change people's situations, even just encouraging words, texts, even if it's somebody you don't know super well, we need to be holding each other up. And so, yeah, yeah. we, we got to be doing that for each other. Yeah, that's good. Oh, and that helped me out so much during that season. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, and I've encountered a lot of other people going through similar situations, yeah. specifically with careers. But again, it could be on anything. An encouraging word, man, it's... It's really, really powerful. Don't underestimate that. So with all that, those of you who were able to attend our um, book launch party, thank you for coming. Thanks um, for that. Those of you who have left us a review on Amazon for the book, we really, really appreciate it. Reviews for the book are so, so helpful and important. And we've gotten a bunch of them so far. So we're really, really excited about that. So thank you all who have done that. If you haven't done it already, would you please do it? Yes. <laughs> Grab a copy, leave us a review. That'd be awesome, super helpful. Mm-hmm. If you know anybody who could use this episode, go ahead and just forward it over to them, mm-hmm. share it to them. I mean, there are some people who I think just might be really encouraged by this story. So yeah. feel free to share that with them. You're awesome. We love you. And we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up. Knock, knock. Who's there? Leaf. Leaf who? Leaf us a review on iTunes, please. All right. Thanks for listening. Know we are praying for you and we'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) 